Welcome to Female Fear Factory, the podcast, a space where people share their experience with fear inherited from the systems designed to keep certain people from stepping into the joy of their personhood. On this podcast, you will hear about when fear has hurt and when community is healed. The Female Fear Factory is a performance of patriarchal policing of and violence towards women and others cast female who are therefore considered safe to violate. Well, one of the things that comes to mind is how my father always raised me and said, don't fear the person, but fear the situation. Um, And I feel like that's always something I carry with me. Um, So not so much, for example, if I'm walking down the street, I'm seeing somebody, I'm automatically frightful. Uh, But of course, depending on, on the situation. So last evening, uh, my friend and I, we went to a cinema in Brussels. A friend of mine, Lise, she organized a screening of the woman gig. And my friend and I were super excited, also a sister, black woman. And we got out of the garage, but we used like the wrong door, probably. And we end up in this alley and you see a bunch of, I think maybe like 20 men, I'm not sure where they were from, I think like white Belgian men, they were sitting there. And as we left the, the, the doorway, they all looked at us. At the, at the same time and it was like pitch dark outside and I remember my instinct was I hope nobody does anything um, so maybe if I would walk the street and like 20 people would pass me then nothing would nothing would occur to me but that moment of like the back alleyway from the parking garage and 20 of them just looking at us and it's not even like the way they look at us but just them having attention for us at that moment was a fearful moment for me and just the idea of uh, being a woman moving in the world, you are basically at the grace of these people um, and hoping that they won't do anything. Um, and they're just sitting there laying on the floor and just like laughing with each other and they were like, they were drinking. And probably we didn't even occur to them, uh, but we took so much time to consider their presence in our world at that moment. And I think that if somebody would ask them today, like, hey, did you remember seeing those two girls coming from the parking garage? They would say no. So fearful also of the moment where um, something is very frightening to you. And then if you would speak to somebody about it, the person who was frightening would say, I don't even remember. So I think my fear is also um, that somebody does something to me that is for me horrendous or frightening or scary in whatever capacity. And then at the end of the day, them not knowing about it or them not even remembering that it happened. I think it changed um, when you're a kid, you feel like, oh, you're not as strong as, so to say. Uh, and then when you grow older, you maybe realize you're not as protected as um, other people. So it, it shifts from you seeking in yourself, like, oh, you know, how can I defend myself? And then later asking, like, why am I undefended? Um, and who would defend me if something would happen? And I think maybe in my early teens, when I noticed that uh, the liberty some boys had, um, and that when something went wrong, we look at the girls. Like, why weren't you more safe? What were you wearing? And what were you doing? Instead of asking, like, hold up, like, who's raising who's raising them boys, so to say? Um, so I think it was, like, in my early teens when people explain um, their vision of the world to you. Uh, and you have to basically try to see if you can fit yourself into that description. Probably when I started working in spaces that were uh, predominantly inhabited by men. Um, so I used to work for a hip-hop magazine. So whenever there was an interview, for example, um, you were gathered by all these other men who are writing about it and men who, uh, who were performing. And one of the things that I, I remember always doing is making it really, really clear that I was there to work. 
because in my mind I felt like I hope nobody's thinking that I'm there for the purpose of me, I don't know, liking somebody or wanting to spend like, I know, an intimate time with somebody and hoping that my nerdy demeanor and me carrying a massive notebook in one hand and pen and recorder in the other hand uh, would somehow keep me safe. And I was talking about it the other day and remembering like we have all these, these so-called uniforms uh, that we hope would keep us safe. That was my first time realizing like, oh, based on my gender, I have a different role than the white dude asking these questions or even the black dude asking these questions. I invoke a different reaction when I'm walking backstage, for example. Um, I invoke a different reaction even going backstage. And I have this this whole performance of saying, oh, I belong here for like a different reason. Don't do anything to me because I'm, I'm working. Or don't do anything to me because I'm the writer, so to say. I think the policing has shifted, but I think the principle for me is always the same. It's always um, putting my usefulness first. And that's maybe my love of, of horror films and hoping that um, the most useful person in that moment would be killed last. Uh, so for example, you wouldn't kill the pilot because who else would, who else would fly the plane? Um, so I think I always walk in with this notion of saying like, I have, I have a superpower, like don't, don't do anything to me because then, you know, and that's of course not how the world works, uh, but I feel like that is something that maybe, uh, the world has conditioned me to believe also, um, that you, you are protected by your own, by something that you could add to something, which is of course like a ridiculous and also like a very Western, um, way of thinking. But I, I think if I'm thinking of how do I protect myself? Um, it's that. And I feel like maybe for other people, it's uh, dressing in a certain way or, or talking in a certain way. Um, but I feel like also maybe intellect for me is uh, a way of protection. It's a way of shielding off a certain conversation. So, so for example, if I've been in situations where a male person would be uh, a man would be like very, uh, very crude and very disrespectful. Um, and I know that I would only need, for example, one sentence to shut that person up. And then doing and saying something that I know the person probably maybe wouldn't understand or wouldn't really be able to snap back to. And that offers me um, some space to either leave or to do something else. Uh, so I think that my harness is maybe intellect. How I'm carving out these safe spaces is by surrounding myself with people who have similar ideas of safety. Um, and it took me a moment to understand that we don't all consider safety to be the same thing. Um, and like I, I now know better what I need to feel safe. Um, and I'm more vocal about what I need to feel safe and also what I um, hold people accountable to. Like if there is a certain element of unsafety that is in the space and I feel, for example, that you didn't do enough to keep us all safe, um, I would now be much more vocal about this. And I feel like that's also helping. And also like removing myself as much as possible. Um, and I know that for some people that isn't possible, of course. So it's also a position of privilege to say, let me remove myself from something that feels, uh, feels unsafe. My friend uh, always says, uh, we talk about our toxic traits. Um, and one of my toxic traits is that I can handle myself perfectly in certain situations. I think most of my fears are what people would say, uh, I, I don't like the term, but I think it's the most used term, like uh, irrational fears. So for example, like um, driving past a wind turbine and thinking that it would let loose and then like roll over the highway, things like this. And my toxic fear would be like, oh, but I could dodge that, um, like these things. So I, and, I'm, and I'm happy and blessed that I don't have any fears that would 
still my joy in life. Um, I'm, I'm happy that I'm not uh, anxious or, or or too anxious in certain situations. So yeah, I feel like also like let, let me be let me also be honest about it because I hate when people come up with answers just because you know they want it to sound good. Uh, I don't walk around with a heavy heavy fear uh, that I should face because I also know what it looks like when people do walk around with a heavy fear. Um, so I know that that my little things that I take into consideration, like what if the dog would run across the street and bite me in my in my tie, for example, uh, doesn't compare to other fears people people really have. So there's not um, a fear that really controls my my daily life, um, and I feel like that's also something to. Uh, I, I think I have to position myself to explain it a little bit more. My parents came here. I don't have a history where uh, my parents came from Suriname. We don't have a history where we uh, were facing um, havoc with immigration law, for example. Um, so it's already a privilege to be somewhere and be documented, be born and raised somewhere. Um, you don't have issues with healthcare, for example. Um, so a lot of the fears that I hear around me are fears that I, I don't have. And I feel like sometimes when we say like, oh, I'm not anxious, I don't have this, uh, we kind of make it seem as if the persons who do have it, the people who do have it, did something wrong, um, as if they mismanaged their lives and now they are fearful, so to say. Um, and I feel like I did I did nothing to deserve not being fearful. Uh, I think that that's something important at least to notice um, or to note. And uh, I was thinking there is one fear that I have and I feel like we can inherit fear um, from our elders. Um, I live in a Belmar, historically black neighborhood in Amsterdam. And um, a few years ago, we had what is called, uh, what people call the Belmaram. Um, a rump meaning catastrophe, disaster. Um, and we're renaming it because it's something that happened to the neighborhood and something we didn't do ourselves. Uh, but on October 4th, 1992, a plane crashed um, in one of the big apartment buildings. I'm living next to an apartment building and I still remember the phone call my mother had with my grandmother, her mother, and how my grandmother described like a ball of fire, um, just, I don't know, like crashing into to the building. And now as I'm working behind my very comfortable desk and looking into my kitchen and like nothing is really wrong, whenever a plane flies really low, I always think, what if? So I feel like that's a fear that I that I have, but I can also like really shut myself out of it and pay close attention to my computer screen and not, um, not think about it too much, but also living in a neighborhood where people do still have that fear very much so. Whenever a plane is flying low, you can really hear you can basically see the people eating in the plane, like that's how low it flies. Um, so that's that's a fear I have, um, but I don't have have a daily fear that is um, that is stealing my joy, um, and that's something uh, that I'm very uh, grateful for, even though I did nothing to deserve it in that kind of way. But I think what would help me if I did, um, and that's difficult because there's such a culture of shame also around being fearful of something. Um, you are so at the risk of being ridiculed and being misunderstood. But I think I would hope that I have a few people around me that I could inform about certain fear. Um, one of my close friends has certain anxieties. And what, what the person does is that they inform us beforehand when they see something coming, they say, this situation for you might not be stressful or fearful, but for me, it's, it's massive. Um, I would really like it if in this situation, you could maybe offer me XYZ. Um, and I'm learning so much from this person because I feel like, oh, that is something that is making the situation maybe calmer for you. 
if that is possible. So I felt like that's that's a helpful lesson for people who maybe are fear uh, on a daily basis. My name is Simone Sevek. I'm an Amsterdam-based cultural program and initiator of the Black or Blackness uh, Temporary Masters program. And this has been my female fear factory story.